uh, welcome to Babbleheads, uh, sports and wrestling podcast. We've been on a little hiatus, but we are back and we have a bunch to talk about today. Uh, we're going to cover uh, the NBA and we're going to cover some pro wrestling. And then we shall be back, um, hopefully sooner rather rather than later with a uh, full MLB episode and we're going to talk some uh, preseason football here in the next few weeks as well but uh, we're going to dive in uh, right now. I am one of your co-hosts, Jesse. And I'm your other one, Eric Tyler. And uh, let's uh, the last time we uh, talked we discussed um, AEW's uh, Double or Nothing, their inaugural pay-per-view. Um, and at that time, the NBA playoffs were still uh, occurring. It is now wrapped up. The Raptors have been crowned NBA champions. Kawhi's one-and-done year, and he, now he has moved on to the Clippers with the acquisition also uh, of Paul George, a trade for Paul George that I don't think many saw coming. So, uh, But uh, going back to the finals, I mean, were you surprised that uh, the Raptors uh, took the took the Warriors out? It's crazy that it's been that long, that long since we potted. I'm glad we're back. But yeah, I mean, obviously, I was uh, I, I doubted the the Raptors the whole time. <laughs> like before the you know before the final started, I thought they were going to get swept, uh, and I was sadly, sadly mistaken. It was uh, complete opposite, and I think Kawhi solidified himself as like you know a key key player in the NBA, if not like the most sought after player after that. Um, proving that you can win a championship with uh, with him and some, uh, you know, some, some solid role players. Yeah, solid role players, not superstars. And I think it's, uh, I was definitely blown away. Um, that whole run they had was is gonna is historic. It's gonna be historic when people look back on it. Uh, now, obviously, do you? I mean, in my opinion, there is, but I mean, it's still you still have to beat. Steph Curry, obviously, that last game uh, with uh, Clay going out with the ACL tear, and then before that, obviously, KD going out with the uh, the Achilles tear. Um, is there an asterisk next next to this as well for the for the Raptors? Because they, I mean, obviously, I think if they had KD and Clay, it might have been it, it more than likely, definitely would have been a different story. I think. Right. I don't know. I mean, it's tough to put an asterisk on that. I mean. It's part of the game in any, any sport, I guess. If, in a, if somebody gets injured, they're injured. I mean, do I think that things could have turned out differently if uh, Durant was completely uh, healthy and he didn't have any sort of ailments at all? You know, maybe, probably, who knows. But I guess I, I just think it's unfair to put an asterisk on it, especially after such just such an amazing run and, and, and some you know the players that stepped up. Uh, I would hate to uh, tarnish their name by saying that, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, if you were to ask me, would it have been differently if KD was completely healthy and everybody on the team was healthy and, and uh, Clay didn't get hurt and anything like that? Then you know, who knows what what might have happened? But. Now, what's your what's your opinion? Do you think I, I got to hear your um, your take on this? Do you think that the Warriors medical knew that uh, the tearing of an Achilles was probable and they forced him back too soon. Cause obviously something down there and he held the ice pack down there, even though they were saying it was a lower calf strain hit the, the ice pack was low on the ankle, uh, from the get go. Do you think that they knew that something could happen or do you think that they were playing like, uh, you know, 
devil's advocate and and just throw him out there and and you know do you think that they knew an Achilles tear was probable? I want to say they no. They there's no way. I mean, I I got to think that they thought he was going to resign with them too. You know what I mean? So I don't think that they would risk him like that. Uh, chasing a championship is not like they even haven't won one recently. So and and you know what? I don't really know what goes into like the protocol of, of injuries and stuff like that. If one guys get to come back, obviously they have to be medically cleared. Um, you know, you'd hate to think that guys are getting forced back too early or anything like that. But I, so I would, you know, I would like to say no. But uh, In, I, what, what's your take on that? I mean, it's so hard because you're literally calling out an organization like really bad um, if you do say that they knew something. But I do think they knew something um, because uh, inside reports, and maybe it'll never come out. Maybe KD will never speak ill of the Warriors. Um, the Warriors staff or anything, but I think that they, I think they kind of put the pressure on him, on them, on him to come back. I think they really wanted to three P. I think they, the last thing they wanted to do was lose at Oracle when Oracle is, you know, that was the last hurrah. Um, they wanted to three P. They wanted that huge. I mean, they are a dynasty, but I think they really wanted that third, uh, that that third ring in a row. Um, I mean, there's just, I mean, what are the odds? Like, you're, you're, you're telling me that there was not, like, that, that lower, quote unquote, lower calf injury, uh, had nothing to do with his, his Achilles, and he just happened to tear his Achilles then. I think they've put pressure on him, and I think they forced him. And, I mean, maybe he'll come out and, and he'll say something, but insiders were reporting that Durant was pit, that, that Durant was pissed at the Warriors. Um, granted none of that's really it's all unfounded at this at this juncture he hasn't come out and said anything um but i mean i don't know it just seems like too suspicious that um he ends up with an achilles tear the next game the the game he comes back like obviously he shouldn't have been playing on it something was compromised in that lower let in that lower calf you know Achilles area something was compromised to lead to For that sure. I'm not a me- I'm not a medical expert but I mean <laughs> two plus two equals four to me I just want to say one thing about his any of his his leg injuries is um, uh, Kevin Durant has legs the size of uh, you know a two-year-old boy um, I don't know why I know, I know I'm sure he's not much of a weightlifter, but uh, he, I don't know. Those things were tiny. They're like two no, times. they are. They've been noticeably tiny um, for a while, um, and he's just always had those really thin legs. And I honestly think that may have, uh, you know, led to it too. There's not really a lot of support or mass around those ankles or those calves, so maybe that played into it. Like I said, I mean, you and I are the furthest thing from, uh, you know. Nutritionalists or or like body chemists or whatever you want to. Uh... Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not. I shouldn't be talking about uh, that. But it just seems like you know that's got to play a little bit of part into it. It's, you would think. Uh, you would think. Um, but like I said, at least getting back to your original point, I don't know. I, I would like to think that they would take a, a player's uh, health and and everything above winning, uh, you know, a championship if it's really going to put him down. Obviously, since you know he came back in. And it's put him down, obviously. So but. I don't know. It just seemed weird that Bob Myers was crying. I feel like there was some shame and some guilt in those tears when they talked about Kevin. 
Um, yeah, I mean, professional sports are just as corrupt as anything, I guess. So who knows? That's true. So uh, obviously, uh, you know, moving on, you know, the Warriors are crowned. Um, you know, all this talk about uh, the Lakers possibly getting uh, Kawhi. Is he going to the Lakers? Is he staying in Toronto? Is he going to the Clippers? I know the Clippers have been talked about for a while. He ends up going to the Clippers, and obviously the uh, the Lakers end up getting uh, Anthony Davis, um, and they have themselves a, a little squad uh, there now too. But did you did you see the Paul George trade? I didn't see the Paul George trade coming to the Clippers at all. No, I mean that definitely that definitely shocked me. That came out of nowhere for me, um, and I'm sure for a lot of people. Obviously, they the Clippers have been linked to uh, Kawhi the, pretty much that whole time, um, and then obviously there's some other uh, some other landing places. But uh, pretty much the Clippers were always talked about. But yeah, I mean the Paul George thing shocked me. I didn't see it coming at all, and I didn't see. Um, you know his uh, his old teammate there leaving as well. When it comes to Westbrook, I, I mean, yeah, Westbrook uh, to Houston, uh, that was a shocker as well. I mean, obviously we knew once uh, OKC had traded Paul George and they got all those um, picks um, that the rebuild was uh, completely evident and that it was it was all but happening um, that day. Um, and I think you know it was good for them for. Uh, you know, moving Westbrook because they knew he didn't, you know, the, the man's 30 years old or going to be 30. Um, you know, now's the time if you're getting a title. Um, and I don't I don't blame him. It, it's the way of the league now to, you know, ring chase and title chase. And it's like, what are you there for? What are you going to do? Just mentor a bunch of guys that end up leaving and go into other teams to win championships and you're just stuck in the same city. But at the same time, I appreciate the loyalty. I like seeing a Damian Lillard re-sign with Portland and trying to get it done there, run it back with, uh, you know, the same team or, or get new pieces and try to do it that way. So I respect both sides of the coin. Uh, granted, I didn't think that, you know, f- two to three weeks ago we would see Paul George on the Clippers with Kawhi and Westbrook on the Rockets with uh, Harden. So it's going to be an interesting uh, – the West is as strong as ever. Every time you think the the East is going to, you know, overtake the – granted the East did win the, the title this year. Every time you think the East is really going to just be stronger than the, the West, the West, uh, you know, something like that happens. Steps up always, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, speaking – I touched on the whole uh, – trade to Houston with uh, Westbrook. What is up with um, with Chris Paul? Is there something, did I hear something uh, recently about him not being happy, right, with Oklahoma City or, or is or something like that, I don't right? think I don't think he wanted to um, I don't think that he wanted to uh, be there and I don't think he wanted to be the men, he's, I mean, Chris Paul's 34 going to be 35 uh, he didn't want to be a part of that. Uh, he doesn't want to be a part of the the rebuilding process and training new guys and and ushering in a whole new squad and be a part of that rebuilding process. He's 34, going to be 35. He wants a ring, so I think he wanted to go to a contender. Yet he has so much money to be paid out the next three seasons, I believe, um, that no, no one can really bite on it. No one can really take it. So the trade offers have kind of stalled. 
Um, and he's at a standstill, and it looks like he will be playing for OKC. Um, I'm not sure at what capacity um, or if he will play the full year, if a trade will happen. But right now, it's too much for any team to sensibly take on his contract and get a trade. So I'm not sure where what the future is for Chris Paul, but it does not look uh, – it looks bleak. It looks very mellowish. <laughs> Jesus, mellowish. Yeah, I mean, I can understand. Obviously, that – Oklahoma City's in a rebuild. I mean, there's no other explanation for that. So, um, I can see him not wanting to be in that position, and I'm sure he wanted to win a title. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, if he wants to get on another team, I, I'm not sure the logistics of it. But he would have there would have to be some restructuring for him to for a team not to have to pay him all that money that I personally think he's not worth. Um, to uh, to get out of there, so I, I really don't know where he stands or or what what his future in the league is going to be. Right? Yeah, I mean, same. He said he he's thirty four now, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, he still got something to tank, but he's on the dark know. side of the moon, though. <laughs> um, I wanted to touch on your team uh, a little bit with the signing of Kevin Durant and uh, and Kyrie Irving. Um, first, the, my first question for you is. And How upset the... is Greg Bazan? I'm not sure. Can you speak to this? Is he? He's a regular listener of this, isn't he? Uh, he's an avid listener. Avid listener. Yes, he is a Knicks fan. I think he was expecting. Uh, My condolences, Greg. Get a little bit more. Unfortunately, they did not. Um, but my question to you is, and, and uh, hopefully, you know, in a non-biased way, like why? Why do you think that? Why Brooklyn? Do you think? It's it's interesting because as soon as I started hearing it, I thought the same too. And obviously, I wasn't against it, but I was I was like, well, why Brooklyn? And I think the answer is kind of it's kind of simple. Is one, it's a big market, but it's a new team. It's still a new team. I mean, d- don't get me wrong, the Nets have been around. They're one of the oldest teams, but obviously, coming over from New Jersey, uh, you know, they're a new team that's only been the Brooklyn Nets have only been in the league since 2012. Um, so it's a new team, but it's in one of the, the most historic city in all of basketball. You can say LA, you could say the Lakers, but I mean, New York city is a basketball town, maybe even more so than Los Angeles. Right. It's a, you know, obviously big market, it's a different world kind of. But then, but when you think basketball, New York city basketball, you think Madison square garden, you think the Knicks, you think orange and blue, you think, you know, you think the Knicks, um, but that is slowly waning in the other direction um, because, you know, Madison Square Garden, I know it's been talked about on wrestling podcasts that they're kind of the upkeep on Madison Square Garden isn't that great right now. And it's kind of, you know, a building that's, you know, on, on the edge of being in peril and, you know, events aren't wanting to go there and book because it's so expensive too. And, you know, it costs a lot to book in Madison Square Garden. And I, I recently heard... Um, Jim Ross speak on his podcast where he said that uh, they would have to do the market just because it was their biggest market and they would sell a lot of other things and it just made sense. Even if they broke even during the Attitude Era, they would break even at best most of the time doing Madison Square Garden. So to put that into perspective, um, I think Madison Square Garden is, you know, the whole, the allure of Madison Square Garden, I think, will always be there in some degree. But as far as the Knicks have just been so, I mean, they are, they're 
in the doldrums, man. They have been just, it's not a coveted place. And I think that's at so many people because the Knicks, and even myself to a degree, obviously I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Nets fan. I was, I've been a New Jersey Nets fan. Growing up, I was a Chicago Bulls fan because everyone was a Chicago Bulls fan and, and everyone was just, especially younger people, you know, you're talking, you know, seven, eight, nine years old when the Bulls were in their prime and you're so enamored with basketball. Um, and, you know, Michael Jordan's the top of the game. Granted, Michael Jordan wasn't my favorite player. Scottie Pippen was. But I was just so enamored with the Bulls. And then once the Bulls dynasty kind of ended and Jordan, you know, retired for the second time uh, out of his three times, he, uh, you know, I was like, well, I need to, I need a legit basketball team. I can't just follow Scottie Pippen to the Rockets and the Trailblazers. Like, I need a legitimate basketball team. You could have. I could have. I could have. Um so, you know, at that point I made a I made a calculated decision of, you know, who what team, you know, kind of speaks to me. Obviously a team I I, I would want close to home. And and it's weird kind of deciding cuz most of the time I feel like when you choose teams it's because you're kind of born into them from your family members. Um but my father and me to for to a detriment for a while was a, a player follower, wasn't a team follower, especially during the Bulls era. Um, there's so many great players in the nineties and stuff, but when I made the decision at, at what was I 12 years old at being, I am a Nets fan, I'm going to be a Nets fan because I don't like the Knicks. I've never liked the Knicks. I didn't like them when they played the bulls when I was, you know, young and impressionable. And I was a bulls fan. Um, I was going to be a Nets fan and the Nets, you know, had, had actually had a, a great little run there in the early two thousands, obviously, uh, making it to the uh finals and uh but obviously they were they were always in the conversation in the playoff conversation you know with Richard Jefferson and Jason Kidd and then acquiring it Vince Carter in 2004 um you know I've I've uh but anyway, it, it, my, my point being is the Nets are so fresh and there's a nice, beautiful new building in the Barclays Center that's still, I mean, six years, it's six years old, seven years, six years old, um, seven years old, whatever. Um, and it's, it's fresh. And especially, I think, the culture and the staff and the coaching that has been developed in Brooklyn the last few seasons with uh, Coach Kenny um and Sean Marks and I think that players want to play for those guys they you see what they did you're talking Magic Johnson who I've never really ever been a fan of um you know pretty much wrote D'Angelo Russell off a guy that was you know 21 22 at the time said he's not a leader well who who can really be a leader in the NBA at 21 22 he wrote D'Angelo Russell off and then you throw him into Coach Kenny's uh system and Sean in this culture that Sean Marks and that staff are, are bringing to that to that team and you see someone that is now uh, an NBA all-star he was an all-star and you see the de- developmental uh, well, he's, I mean, he's gone now so how do you feel about that yes I mean it was sad uh, because uh, I mean I was so pumped on, on D'Lo and I was it was it was such a great season for him and you know Karis LeVert going down and Karis LeVert was the one everyone was talking about before he went down with that dislocated ankle that looked much nastier at the beginning but then um, you know D'Lo came out and shined from November until the All Star break 
and uh, they were they were a team to watch. They were exciting to watch because they weren't really in the playoff talks for years. Um, and they had that bad. Everyone that was a Nets fan, um, I feel like, immediately deterred from them that carried over from New Jersey, and everyone had a bad taste in their mouth after that atrocious deal with uh, Boston bringing uh, the all the old men in, and it was just like it was just a bad. We you know traded our future away, and now that we're getting out of that, and we have such a great coach and a staff and a culture, I think there's just like this year was just a. Uh, an uprising for the Brooklyn Nets organization, and they became more desirable to play for within the culture, the coaching, uh, even down to simple things like, yeah, you can play at Madison Square Garden. It's a great venue, but wouldn't you want to play it in a state-of-the-art, like, brand-new arena that is the Barclays Center? Like, of course you would. That's where everyone's booking everything. It's the new hot place in New York as far as like a marquee venue and a marquee, uh, you know, sports organization is now the Brooklyn Nets. And that more so solidifies it with these huge names like Kyrie and KD coming to Brooklyn. Um, and I think all that kind of they just bought into it and knew immediately like this is this is the real New York basketball now. And, you know, I don't want to go to the Knicks and be a laughing stock uh, because I, I feel like they how can you how can you how can you in good conscience accept a check from James Dolan and play for that team right now? <laughs> James Dolan, the most hated man in New York basketball. You ain't kidding. So here um, real simple. Do do the Brooklyn Nets do they make the finals within the next five years? Definitely. You're calling it definitely. You're saying definitely. I mean Katie is young. Katie is my age. He's a few months younger than me. Um, you know, you. I think there's going to be a fire inside of him that you haven't seen before um, because everyone's doubting him now. After all that time of people saying, like, oh, you're this, you're that, you're a snake, you're going, you went to the Warriors, and the Warriors came to him. The Warriors came to him and lured him in because they needed someone and they wanted somebody. And he went, and, uh, you know, for a while there, you know, I did think it was kind of foolish and, and kind of like it deterred me from being a fan of him because I've liked KD since he came into the league, as you have up until that point. Right. Um, but I think he, now he really has something to prove, I think. Um, but more so, I think Kyrie Irving has something to prove because there's been – he's – I mean, talk about the most hated man in New York basketball. The most hated man in, in Boston basketball right now is definitely Kyrie Irving. People think he quit. People, you know, he's an enigma. Um, people, people don't know how to take him. They think, you know, this season was a wash. He and he is an ex, an eccentric character for sure. Um, but he needs to have, and I think uh, Charles Barkley recently said this. He needs to have his greatest season ever this season because KD isn't going to be there um, for this season uh, and they don't want it to be a wash. I think right. they they are expecting uh, a playoff berth. I think they will get it. Um, I do think it will be a seven, I hope not an eight seed, but possibly a seven or a six seed. Um, and I hope they, I hope they have a good, a decent playoff run. Um, I mean, the, the East is going to be a battle, a dogfight this year for sure. But um, I think um, I will say the following – I think within the next 
three years. I think a year after Katie returns in, so that would be 1920, 20, the 21-22 season, you will see the Brooklyn Nets in the finals. Okay. I gotcha. And I think the Bucks are going to the finals the next two straight years. You're calling the Bucks the next two straight years. I like it. What about you? Where where do you set on this? Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I try to be unbiased. Um, uh, but I mean, you know, you're talking. How good's Giannis going to be in two years? He's already a monster. How great is he going to be? Well, I mean, where do you sit with? Uh, I mean, not not only the Nets, but where do you sit in the East uh, together? But let's first. What what's your take on the Nets right now? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously they won free agency. They loaded up. I could picture them, barring KD being staying healthy. Uh, you know, I could definitely picture them winning the East and, and competing for a championship without a doubt. I agree with you with the Bucks. I think uh, obviously, I think Giannis is going to be you know without. I mean, he already is a top three player, but I mean, he, I think he's going to battle for MVP the next like couple seasons, and I think they're they're going to be up up there in the East as well. Um, being a, like a Philadelphia fan, obviously, uh, I think, uh, I don't know what, what I'm expecting of them, really. I think um, the shooting uh, is, is I got me a little worried at the moment just because, you know, you lost Redick and, and, and uh, they didn't really, you re-signed Tobias, you just signed Ben to a mega deal. Um, you got Richardson on the trade, with you, you lost Jimmy Butler. I don't know, it's just... Um, Was Tobias Harris overpaid? I don't know. I mean, I just think, I mean, everyone's overpaid in my opinion. So That's was true. he overpaid? I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, he's a great player. Is he a superstar? No. Um, I think he needs to uh, maybe learn to attack the games, the game a little bit more. But I mean, I think he's a great player. And like the Ben stuff, like people are really critical of the Ben Max deal. Hopefully, you know, Ben is uh, working on this game, obviously. <laughs> and, uh, can round it out because he's obviously a dangerous player and if you could add some sort of jump shot he would be you know an elite player like you know he's already amazing it's just uh so that i feel like is kind of um definitely a gamble move but what can you do i mean you gotta keep him you can't really let, you can't let him go so in my opinion but uh who do you have in the eastern conference finals this year uh, or go, I, uh, next year, uh, I should say. Yeah, I, I would go. I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I just, I'm, I'm gonna ride that you know, that Giannis chain, uh, train like everybody else, I guess. But uh, uh, I, I just don't. Uh, I'm not the biggest Kyrie Irving fan. I think he's a great player, of course. But I just wonder, like, I don't know. He's like changed. His attitude like completely changed. So hopefully, like you're right, he's just out to prove something, and he can on and off the court you know what i mean because that's, that's a bigger deal too like i don't i really do i think like when you're like super negative off the court i just think it's it's kind of stupid so um i mean he so. i mean if he doesn't if he doesn't perform um i'd be shocked just because you know now he's there's no excuses because you're playing for the team you grew up rooting for the nets and you know he's back right. he's back quote unquote home you know, it's close to New Jersey. Is is home as he's gonna get. Um, so I mean, he's gonna have to perform. But uh, I think the Bucks, and I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little bit of 
it's so hard, but I think I'm going to go the Bucks and uh, the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. I mean, don't get me wrong, I definitely see the Sixers, like, going there for sure. I just, uh, I worry. I mean, they have a huge, I mean, obviously you, you got Horford and and you, and you got, I mean, you already had a big lineup and he just got even bigger, so. I know. Uh, a huge lineup. It's just like I said, the deep, the deep shooting is, is a little bit worrisome to me. You got rid of your best shooter, without a doubt. Um, you know, and then before to get Tobias, you, you got rid of another good shooter in Landry Shamit. So um, we'll see what happens there, for sure. So uh, that'll that'll wrap up our NBA talk. We we covered a good portion of uh, what I think we uh, wanted to cover. But uh, where do you? Uh, well, let's let's take this to uh, wrestling, to all elite wrestling uh, and WWE. We'll talk about both. So, the last time we discussed um, wrestling, we hit, did the review of Double or Nothing, which we uh, had a glowing. We both had glowing reviews for. Now that we're even two more uh, pay per views into AEW, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, my, well, when it comes to AEW and like versus WWE or anything like that, obviously AEW is putting out. I mean, I love the product. Obviously, it's great stuff. Um, what I like about it, especially, is like there's a the perfect balance between wrestling and you know storyline type stuff. Um, uh, it has an old school feel to it. You know what I mean? Like, like with this, with a, and I, I mean, like not like old WWE really but like almost like NWA style you know what I mean oh like definitely there's there's, there's storyline but it's nothing like too, you know it's it's, it's not they, too cheesy but yeah even like the cheesy stuff like I, don't, I, I guess I don't even like I just mean like it's the perfect balance um, but obviously we saw Fighter Fest um, that was a great a great show a lot of great matches and then um my my only criticism are those more cheesier matches with uh, J. E. Bailey and and Nak- Michael Nakazawa. Um, yeah, I mean those. Yeah, I mean that was um, that was pretty awful. That 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 feels a little that feels a little like trying to like do too too much of the indie wrestling thing where you have those like smazzy goofy matches to 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 pop the crowd, quote unquote, but. Right, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think, like, I also, like, think that, like, there's some people out there, like, don't get me wrong, like, I would much rather watch an AEW show over a WWE show right now, but, um, there's people who are, like, blinded by it, like, they just think that everything AEW is doing is, like, amazing, which, uh, you know, you gotta be biased a little bit, like, like we just said that match wasn't that good, and that, um, there's always gonna be some negatives, but, like, WWE... Like, their current product is just so, I don't know, predictable, and it's just not, I don't know, it's just really not that great. It's not really and they're And obviously, uh, they're trying to pull out the big guns by having Heyman be the, you know, executive director, producer, right. or whatever, of Raw yeah, and Bischoff of know, SmackDown. So, they're bringing, like, an yeah, edgier yeah. thing to it, but it just seems like they're rehashing the same old bullshit. Um, well, and they just don't. They're relying on, you know, I just think they don't know who to rely on right now when it comes to talent. Um, 
Who? I mean, obviously that's why they keep bringing Brock back to, you know, to just hold on to that belt, and they just keep screwing over anybody else. Like, and they keep bringing Undertaker back. Yeah, Undertaker bringing Undertaker back, and it's just like, yeah, the reason why people can't get behind these guys as champion is is because, well, not even just champions, just to be like the guy is because the the WWE itself doesn't get behind these guys. You know what I mean? Like. If they really wanted to, they could make Rollins the the that guy. They could. It's just they they do stuff like they just recently did. They have you know Brock come out and, and cash in and just take it from him again. I don't know. It just doesn't. It's, but it's did like it? Their own, their own worst enemy. So to me, them having Brock do that, um, and it didn't seem like the crowd was. It seemed like the crowd was like indifferent indifferent to like actually like half excited um and i does that speak to like uh seth rollins's inability to really like capture the crowd and and you know to quote unquote get himself over i mean for sure i think obviously like he has to he is is a bit of the issue for sure but what i'm saying i don't know it's just like there has to be like kind of um I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Like, you got to meet in the middle. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like if they, like, sometimes they try to really push somebody and then the fans either get behind it or they don't, but they still try to push it. Or they don't push the person at all and they just make, you know, they do it for themselves. I don't know. But I just think, like, if they if they wanted to, they, they could help these guys out. But I just think they do very little to help them. And I think Vince... You know, has the guys he likes. He has certain things he likes, and and you can tell he that's what he rolls with. He rolls with um, with the guys he likes, and like you can tell what what he has his hands on story wise. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But don't get me wrong, like and like we said too, like there's great stuff that's happening in in WWE. There's some good storylines. Obviously, I'm loving the you know AJ and Ricochet, AJ with the club stuff. You know, we just had Bray Wyatt return back on Raw. Uh, with his new somewhat gimmick, uh, you know, I got to like that. I'm loving, um, well, I pretty much love everything Samoa Joe does just because I love Samoa Joe, but, uh, you know, he recently has some title shots there, so that was that was cool, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know what their deal is. Um, I just think they, they're, they're, they're always going to rely on certain people to try to to uh, make it go, make uh, the ratings go up, or people excited. Like, isn't aren't they doing like some anniversary show this coming week, right? Like, yeah, it's supposedly going to be the biggest uh, Raw reunion ever. And that's what I'm talking about. Like right there, like I don't know. Like, is it an anniversary? I don't even know. Is it an anniversary? Just- no, it's just a. It says they're promoting it as the Raw reunion, but um, it just TV rating, um. It's just not going to look good all around if the the wrestling that people are watching isn't WWE for the first time in 20 years. For sure. I mean, like I said, we know for a fact, like, when um, AEW first has television, those ratings are going to be through the roof. They have At least for the first couple months, you would assume. Even people who haven't really been watching are probably going to tune in just, you know, just to see what the deal is. And it's exciting for for a wrestling fan for sure. I don't, I don't see why how you wouldn't be excited, but um, so I don't know. what are I some 
what are some uh so for me the high points in wwe right now are few and far between but i do love what ricochet has been doing obviously as well as uh as uh nakamura um uh, the same guys that that i have always uh enjoyed uh, the last few years obviously aj and the the good brothers gals and anderson uh getting a little bit more of a rub now uh in hopes to hopefully uh re-sign them and i think they may have actually re-signed i'm not sure but same thing uh, with the revival i think the revival have really hit a stride and they've kind of taken advantage of not signing those contracts to get them to buy into those guys um on being top guys as they call themselves um so uh if they keep the revival i think that their tag team division is going to stay in all right shape as long as the booking keeps up with uh you know keeping the tag team division in shape because the tag team division is really rough in wwe right now not as far as talent they have great tag teams but they just don't utilize them or showcase tag teams the way they should right for sure and you know their tag team division is, is legit, and no offense, but they keep you know putting the belt on like the Usos. It's just it's stupid. Like just stop. <laughs> the same old, same old. Unfortunately, and that's what I mean. Like just stop. But I mean, yeah, like, like I said, like with AEW putting on great shows. I mean, I think Cody said it best uh, after um, Fight for the Fallen. Like, there's nobody putting out content like we are right now, and, and he's pretty much right. I mean, there's. Nobody who could hang every event that they've that AEW with the AEW name on it has been great. Um, they have solid talent up and down, in my opinion. Like even the guys who maybe aren't more well known, uh, you know, like in, in, on the roster, like the Sammy Guevara's and the Kip Sabians, people like that are, are great wrestlers. Um, and it's just going to get even better, in my opinion. They're going to more people are going to come over or. Or they're going to develop more talent. So, it's, no, uh, that's one hundred percent. So, uh, over the last uh, three uh, event pay per views um, that uh, AEW's had, what are what are your standout matches? What are your what are the matches that have stuck with you that AEW's put out and produce? Uh, well, obviously the the first one that comes to mind was uh, is Kenny Omega and uh, Jericho for the shot at. Uh, Hangman for the title. That was a that was a great match. I mean that whole that whole pay per view was great. A lot of the matches from that Young Bucks uh, versus the Lucha Bros was was phenomenal. I just want to say like even if you don't like Lucha Libre wrestling or know anything about them, the Lucha Brothers are like just world class. I mean, oh yeah, they don't they show. really don't come better than that. No, for sure. Um, even like uh, their match with. Uh, with the SoCal Uncensored, this uh, Fight for the Fallen, I thought was a really, really great match as well. That's in my top three favorite AEW matches currently. Obviously, we only have three events to go off from for AEW right now, but that match was a banger, man. Kazarian's another world-class worker, and you just can't... I mean, Scorpio Sky is just a, a, a magician in the ring, and, and those guys are mi- one of my favorites right now to watch. I love watching SoCal Uncensored. Yeah, I mean, those, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I love Christopher Daniels. Um, I think they're they're an awesome faction. I think I like them because they're all like, their personalities are all a little bit different, but they mesh so well and they're just phenomenal in the ring. Um, a lot of people probably don't know about Scorpio Sky. And I know, he, you know, I listened to him on Jericho's podcast recently and he had like kind of a weird 
career up until you know signing with ROH and all that stuff. Um, but he, that guy's world class too. I mean, it's it's insane how these guys fall through the cracks and they don't even get looked at by by the big dog in, in WWE. You know, or or they but look look at, look at look at AEW. Look at AEW's um, tag team division though. SoCal Uncensored, Lucha Bros. Uh, obviously, the Young Bucks, which, in my opinion, are the greatest tag team in the world still right now. Um, I mean, just talent upon talent upon talent upon talent. Like best friends, you know. The best friends. Uh, Private Party, I think, is literally blows me away every time they're in the ring. Those guys are going to be huge too. I'm telling you right now, they're going to be gigantic. I, I, I just once they hit television too, as well, I just think they're going to be huge. I really think they're, so. They're super athletic too, and really fun to watch in the ring. Yeah, and they—they're um, both great, uh, great on the mic too. They're entertaining to watch when they're not wrestling as well. For sure, they for have sure. a—they have a look too, which I like. And I think, like speaking about like favorite matches, like or like matches, I think the one match I think of that like maybe isn't um, on a lot of radars, like I said, because they're not big names, was from. Uh, um, from All Out, or no, not from not All Out, what am I thinking here, uh, from Double or Nothing, was uh, Kip Sabian versus Sammy Guevara, I think it was actually the first match on the main card, I want to say, yes it was, and uh, that match was really, really good, I think those, because I didn't really know much, uh, too much about those guys, I'd seen a couple of their matches, just like online before, and then like, you know, uh, but I thought that was really good, so, and, uh, so uh, what's your uh, right now? What's your what's the storyline in AEW that you're really uh, you're really fixated on? Obviously, we just had the the Lucha Brothers come out and challenge the Young Bucks to a ladder match at All Out, which is going to be insanity. Yeah, that's going to be. I mean, um, we got Hangman Page versus Jericho for All Out. I mean, all. To express how excited I am for that match. Yeah, it's it's going to be amazing. But uh, there's so much. All Out is just such a stacked card. We have. You know, obviously the Lucha Bros and, and Young Bucks in a ladder match. We have Adam Page and Chris Jericho. I mean, Adam Page, one of the best up-and-comers. I don't think you could have picked someone better to face someone like Jericho for the inaugura- inauguration of the AEW title. I think that match is going to be amazing. Yeah, the match just like, makes sense. You know what I mean? Like It's, it's, it's going to be good, and I think it's going to help. Not that, I mean, most people who are, you know, who watch AEW know who Adam pages but the people who are just casual fans i think it's going to bring him to another level of of stardom so uh he's he's another one i'm just enjoying so much watching him wrestle it's just uh i i don't know if you just get a little bit more of their own personality in AEW because there aren't all those writers um right that's the thing you get like is a genuine feel because uh, it's just guys doing their thing they're not being micromanage like crazy yeah and it's uh i mean uh, also you know all out sold out in 14 minutes i believe and they obviously have the star cast of star cast three uh that conrad thompson's uh putting on uh running coinciding with the weekend in chicago obviously the home of cm punk and it was just announced now that uh cm punk is uh going to be a guest at Starcast in his home city of chicago so where does this, uh, you know, are your suspicions peaked? I mean, we had talked earlier before we went live, you know, if he was ever coming back, 
now's the time. If he doesn't come back at all out, if he doesn't come to AEW, which would be the the biggest middle finger finger to Vince, Triple H, uh, all the WWE to come back at their biggest event, you know, a year after they did their first event before they were even AEW, you know, does if he doesn't come back at this, he'll not, I don't think he'll ever wrestle again. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I want to say that I would love to see him come back, but uh, I don't know. Part of me just thinks that there's no way it's going to happen. Um, but I mean, I guess you never know. But you're right, though. If he doesn't come back at this, like it's, uh, I don't know when he does come back. I mean, obviously, we know he's kept up in good shape. He's still training uh, in mixed martial arts and stuff like that. But um, you know, he's up there and. Uh, not that I'm saying that he couldn't come in and put on a great match right now without even any probably <laughs> any sort of practice, but right. I don't know. I mean, obviously this is going to get the rumor machine going. So we uh, we shall see. It's, it's I mean it's it's really never been a better time to to be a, a wrestling fan. Um, but something I did want to get your opinion on, what did you think about the Moxley-Joey uh, Janela match at, um, you know, his, you know, John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, his uh, debut in AEW at um, Fighter Fest uh, with his, you know, his uh, unsanctioned rules match at, uh, at Fighter Fest. What did you think about that match? I think mean, it was insane, obviously. It was like a real touch of something we haven't seen in a long time since... Uh the Attitude Era or CZ Dub type stuff. I mean, that's, you know, Moxley has a a passion for the hardcore wrestling, extreme wrestling, and uh, I, you know what, to be honest with you, going into that match, I didn't think it was going to go as extreme as it did. No, and honestly, I, I, I have a little bit more of a peaked interest in Joey Janela now because I thought he was great. Yeah, he's hilarious. He is like... He really uh, is. He's like a realistic Enzo Amore, if that makes sense. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like he's it just but more just realistic and yeah, he's been great. He's he's gonna be here's another one I could just he's gonna be huge because people are gonna be able to like relate to him and he's just like outrageous. Um, and he's been fun to watch. But yeah, that match was definitely um, more extreme uh, than I thought it was gonna be. And that's because I've been so used to uh, what the WWE's called extreme matches. So, yeah. Um, now, uh, you know, something that I think is funny, speaking of both uh, Enzo Amore and Joey Janela, they obviously, it looked like they got into a little scuffle, and I know Joey Janela came out. They were at a Blink-182 concert, and uh, Joey Janela said he was drunk, and he, he, like, made a... I think he, he walked up to him and said, I'm Joey Janela, I want to fight you. Um <laughs> So he was obviously, and he admittedly so drunk. And uh, in the video, you know, he kind of backs off, and Enzo is kind of trash talking him, and it, it kind of makes Joey Janela look like he kind of punked down a little bit. Um, but it was something that's funny. I was listening to. Uh, I, I mean, that's what we'll do here too. Is we'll reference other podcasts that people, you know, if people are listening to this, hearing all this wrestling talk. If you don't listen to all the other podcasts. Uh, which I, I do because I'm a, I'm a sicko with it. But uh, X-Pac actually talked about it. He commented on it. And I know a lot of people have uh, opinions on uh, Enzo Amore about him. Uh, but something I thought was funny was uh, X-Pac said that they were all out um, hanging out after an event. I think it might have even been after, I can't remember what, uh, it was something they were all there for. 
and he said Enzo uh, had ran his mouth to Jericho, and uh, X-Pac had said that Jericho punched him harder than he's ever seen anybody punch another person in the ribs. Yeah. And Enzo didn't do anything. <laughs> like, like, I don't, like, what do you mean? It was just like... No, like, seriously, like, I think Enzo was just, like, pushing Jericho's buttons and being annoying, and Jericho just, like, popped him, like, really hard in the ribs. Gotcha. And, uh... And then he pretty much like said nothing, and he said, you know, that they were they were both like drunk, and Jericho just wasn't having it, and just like knocked him in the ribs as hard as he could. And uh, it didn't phase him, I guess, is what he's saying. Or no, they're saying he just kind of like walked away, like all like messed up, and just didn't do anything. Oh, gotcha. Well, that makes more sense. Uh, and that, that that's something that, that's funny to hear because Jericho is such a kind of a, like goofy, like uh, fun, fun loving guy to a, to an extent, especially on his podcast. He seems like he's, you know, even though he's like close to his gimmick sometimes, like you feel like he's just like kind of like a, all about having a good time. But I think people forget that Chris Jericho is a legitimate badass. Oh, for sure. I mean, the guy's done he's done it all he's been around forever i'm sure he's been in plenty of uh well he's also one of the few people that have gotten into legitimate scuffles with two of probably the the biggest and craziest guys in in professional wrestling uh ever save for king haku but bill goldberg and brock lesnar he's gotten into scuffles willingly with both of them right yeah i mean it probably take a definitely takes a confident man to do that that's for sure you ain't kidding Although, Although I hate Bill Goldberg, so I'd fight him too. So, uh, but yeah, Jericho, 44, going to be 49, I think he's going to be this year. I think he's 48 now, going to be 49. So, and he's uh, competing for the inaugural AEW title at All Out. What a what a career this guy's had. Seriously, think about it. I mean, think about how long he's been around, uh, with the promotions he's been in, relevant in every one of them. Keeps himself relevant because he's got his finger on the pulse. I mean, he knew he had all you know the young bucks and a lot of guys, Marty Skrull, people on his his show before he even joined up with him. I think he just knew what was up, and he he got on the train, and it was the smartest move he could make for sure. Because if he never left and he just stayed with WWE, who knows what they would be doing with him. I think he's. Uh, I think, in my opinion, he is. Uh, he is definitely entered into my top ten all-time professional wrestlers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how he he can't uh, throw him in on that. To be honest with you, he's like I said. Just think about everything he's done. You know, starting out in in you know uh, Canada, uh, working uh, regions. Uh, Smoky Mountain, ECW, WCW, Mexico, Japan, uh, you know, obviously uh, made his name, uh, started to make his name in WCW, goes to WWE as the first undisputed champion, uh, created the money in the bank, uh, you know, U.S. champion, Intercontinental champion, tag team champion, uh, world champion, WWE champion, um, everything you'd ever see, some of the most memorable angles, like, of all time constantly reinventing himself leaves wwe at probably his peak after his best run probably goes to new japan has probably some of the hottest new japan uh the hottest new japan match that he's ever had uh when he wrestled like yeah he wrestled pretty much uh the biggest stars in japan 
Yeah. So. And then he and then he goes uh, and then he signs with a brand new company that's ran by the biggest stars in wrestling outside of WWE, and it and it could be crowned the first AEW champion uh, of a brand new wrestling promotion that could be you know the contender for Vince for the next. Uh, 20 years or however long Vince is going to be running the company. It's, uh, I mean, I don't know, how, I don't know how you don't, I don't know how you don't put him in the top 10. He's just the guy has done it all, and he's done it all at the top of the top level, the the top of the mountain every time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, he comes. Look at he comes into AEW. He's going right to the title, and he's probably going to win that title. I got to imagine he's going to be Hangman for that. So. Yeah, I, we would have to assume, but. What a what a what a what an interesting uh, time for wrestling, and there's so much more coming up, and I can't wait to see what unfolds. For sure, I mean, I'm I'm so excited for just um, for everything coming up, all out, and uh, I'm excited for the premiere of television. Just like to see it weekly on TV is just like really insane to think about, to be honest with you. So it's it's, it's exciting. It's uh it's right upon us. But with uh, with that all said, uh, this will conclude this episode. But we will be back shortly. Uh, we promise with uh, an MLB uh, episode where we will talk uh, some other sports, but mainly focus on MLB because we have not done that yet, and we just had the All Star break, and there is plenty to talk about with that with the home run derby and uh, and and how the season's shaping up for uh, all the teams within the National and American League. Um, so. That'll be uh, fun to dive into that, and we're just a few weeks out from preseason NFL football, Eric. Yeah, I mean, I cannot wait for the, for football. That was obviously like one of my, well, if my favorite sport, without a doubt. Only a couple weeks away from uh, from camps and getting all wrapped up with that, and then we got we're in the later half of the MLB season post uh, All Star break. Man, we are gonna be we are gonna be a busy podcast come September October. We're talking post. We're talking the beginning of uh, AEW. We're talking the end of uh, you know the postseason MLB. We're talking the beginning of NBA. It's gonna be it's gonna be a busy fall for us. Yeah, I look forward to it. We are definitely gonna be back a lot more with these uh, with these episodes, and uh, we have a lot to talk about. That's for sure. Uh, and we will do it like no other because we are indeed babbleheads. And we shall see you next time.